So tell tell everybody what the fuck just We're happened. getting right into it just like that? Yeah, that's yes, it, bro. and then I There's have to no... leave in 20 minutes. Okay, that's... Yeah. You that, guys will continue. That's what happens when you're late. You just get thrown into the fire here. What happened? What happened was I was an hour and 10 minutes late to your podcast. <laughs> and I apologize. And it's I know okay. you both secretly are trying to be nice, but you secretly want to no, kill me. No, 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 I promise. Not it's at okay. all. Okay, you see good. how we're, you know, we're kind of casual. Yeah, we pulled up to the Shore Hotel in Santa Monica, and I, did the, I looked at the Google Street Maps, and I realized, like, this is not... Um, where I'm supposed to be. So no, we are. We are. Ve- this is we are the very th- opposite of where you were. Yes, it's the complete opposite. Yeah. So long ride here, but glad to be here. Big fans of both you guys. Obviously, the TV show and stuff, and love you both. Big fan Thanks. of you. And anybody who doesn't know, this is Bob Menery. And what? So when I met you, we were at a dinner, and you, you know, like I hate fucking going to dinners, and I hate small talk, and it's just another thing where you're like, all right, I'm here because my friend Ron was in for the weekend, so I'm like, of course I'm going to go see him or whatever, and. I'm expecting small talk and you two minutes into meeting you, like you pointed out the window and you were like, yeah, I used to live out there. And I was like, what? (laughs) Yes. I had a time where I lived in my car for two months before kind of had any sort of momentum or success. I guess you could say. And it was only a couple of years ago. It was three years ago. I was catting in a country club and work was kind of slow. And so I ended up having to, I kind of mismanaged the small amount of money that I was making <laughs> due to a couple things that I think you know about probably. Yeah. Uh, and uh, ended up, yeah, I, I had a Jeep that I got from a member that I needed for a car. And I drove around to looking for nice neighborhoods. I parked my car. I put a blanket and a pillow, put the seat down, went to sleep for two <sighs> months, had a membership at the YMCA. In Hollywood, which is fucking disgusting. By yes, the way. absolutely gross. Yes. By the way, you know it looks so sad. I I, I fixed it. I don't look at <laughs> no, it as a sad. I know. No, <laughs> He's I, all right. no. I mean, I'm not. I promise. I'm sorry that I'm giving that face. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, it's okay. I'm I'm just I'm enjoying your. Not enjoying. I'm listening. You can take, you can get enjoyment out of it. I get a complete enjoyment out of <laughs> things it. Things have turned me. around, Jamie. Yes, things have I turned know. around. I'm inspired by your story. Yeah. So then you know I, I, he could show up an hour and a half late to a podcast now, and it's no fucking big deal. I, he was I, homeless two years ago. Shit, you know. I am so sad about that. I <laughs> Dude, it's all good. Uh, anyways, but yeah. So just kind of my routine was go to sleep in the car, uh, and obviously I was on drugs. Yeah. You know, like I had issues, and I would go to the YMCA. I would get take a shower because it was like thirty bucks a month. And then I would get out, I would change there, and then go to the country club, and I would wait and try and get a golf bag to carry. And it's weird with the caddy yard. It's very like, it's very like, it's almost like a, I don't want to say like, it's like a prison almost. Everybody, they have their like sections, you know, of like Do you people. only get paid if you caddy? You only get paid if you pick caddy, yeah. So you get just, it's basically based off tips. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and sometimes you can wait upwards of five hours before you get a job so you get there at 6 30 a.m if if it rains you're fucked right (laughs) yeah you can swear on here right yeah you can do whatever the hell you want sweet yeah so that was it and then you know got a little bit i I went back to boston and had uh you know a little video kind of go viral out of the blue and then kind of built over time what i have so how what how did uh how did the video go like how did you go from a to b so I was sitting in the car, hitting, my buddy finds me earning in the car finally after two months. I never told anybody I lived in the car. Like I would go out with my buddies and like have some drinks and stuff because I, again, mismanaged money. I think drinking was more of a priority uh, than finding a place. Uh, and so ended up just, my buddy finds me. He's like, yo, dude, we're calling your parents. You're going home. I'm like, what do you mean you're calling my parents? I'm like 28 years old at this time. Yeah. Calls my parents. I get on a plane, go back to Boston. I'm there for like a week. 
And I went to LA to try and be like actor, comedian, didn't have the same success you guys had um, <laughs> and uh, failed miserably. So when I went back to Boston, basically, um, I went to my brother-in-law's, you got to apply for a job, whatever. So I go to a liquor store to apply for 11 bucks an hour, hand up my application. My buddy texts me. He goes, hey, you want to come to this music video? You can be an extra in it. I'm like, yeah, let's do this. Excited. He had like 2000 followers on YouTube or something like that. Ended up going to, uh, thank you. Ended up no, no, no. I was actually oh, itching. Oh, okay. I was going to say, if I, I, so, I was going to say, if I have something on, I was if I have something on my face, I that's the least. I would say it's like a it's, thing it's, for me. Yeah, I will yeah. tell it's you your assistant's blood. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so I end up going to this music video shoot. It's like three in the morning. I randomly go into this room with this guy who I'll never forget his name, obviously now, David Justin and his girlfriend. It's just the three of us. And I always used to have this shtick because what I do online is I create like parodies. You know, I do yeah. like what sports announcers want to say but can't. So I created my own network that like is fake. And um, basically that night I'm sitting next to my buddy, David Justin. Uh, and end up doing my shtick like Rogers Brady here on ESPN like whatever so he filmed it so and basically went to bed somehow it got put on the internet and just went mega viral like immediately and the next day I woke up and it was like bling 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 what the fuck who died what's going yeah. on here and then uh, and it ended up going yeah I guess like I experienced what it was like to go viral so I had like all these calls from all these like agents managers and stuff and did you wow. have an Instagram at the time like your own Instagram I think that I had one created but I homeless caddy yeah that's fucking... what it was it was homeless caddy yeah. crackhead homeless caddy <laughs> homeless caddy three <laughs> yeah there's a couple of you out there you're not the first exactly and so then you know it just started doing uh, these little video game glitches to start and then um kind of just I, I got obsessive over it like I remember when I hit like 10,000 followers and as strange as that seems nowadays it's fucking relevant you yeah know? of course and so then just kind of kept going and going and going and now I'm just a fucking crazed maniac and my husband showed me your videos a long like a long time ago I remember oh really loving them that's yeah. awesome yeah yeah it's cool it's a uh, it's definitely a market that really I don't think anybody's really ever tapped into no. it that's why I think it spread, spread and grew so quickly is because it was an original product that you know nobody's really ever done so. And now you have a podcast? Now we have a podcast, yeah. It's going good. We started that, uh, like, we were in episode 23. So, um, yeah, I mean, I had no idea what I was doing going into it. You know, like, I didn't know. I don't know. think anybody does. Uh, yeah. That's the beauty of it, right? right. It's yeah. just intimate conversations. It's and, just a conversation, yeah. right? Because yeah. I still don't fucking know. Yeah. Um, but we've had some We've had some good success. I've, you know, because what I, I was pretty good at, because I, when I was doing these videos, like, it took me, like, five minutes to do. And then I just put them online. It would reach all these views. I'm like, what the fuck do I do the rest of my day? And so early on, what I was good at, I was just good at building relationships. I knew that would be the most important key to mm -hmm. success. And so I just DM'd like a crazed girl, all these like <laughs> famous guys nonstop for like a year and then built relationships with these guys. And so, yeah. That's how Jamie That's found really her cool. husband. Yeah. Just DM'd you as went many right to the DMs? young athletes as I could. That's awesome. Speaking of Jamie's husband, that's a good guess for your podcast. Jamie's Jamie's husband's father is Lenny Dykstra. No way. Yeah, yeah. So he'd that, probably be a good guess for your... Who, Lenny uh, or Cutter? No, Lenny. <laughs> Lenny would be a great guess for your... I don't your, know where uh, Lenny is right now, but I'm sure he well, would Well, that's be why a he's a guess. good fucking podcast guest because well, nobody, <laughs> nobody ever knows where he is. Fuck it, I'll take anybody at this point. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Lenny Dykstra, that would be a great, great interview. Have you, you ever... Because like I shit on social media a lot just because I think it's when people say like, Oh, I'm addicted to my phone and I'm doing it because it's work. I think it is a good thing. But when I see like 16-year-olds who live in their phone and they don't experience life, I'm like, oh, like it just fucking gets me. But it's like, then I see somebody like you who Instagram, it's like Instagram. Have you ever reached out to the people at Instagram to tell them your story of like, I was a fucking homeless caddy and because of Instagram now I'm, I can I was thinking about doing a deal with Apple, trying to get a deal with Apple done because I've done everything with my cell phone, you know, like so yeah. at, literally my the Apple iPhone 
literally changed my life. You know, I don't use a computer. I use the Apple iPhone and whatnot. I never really directly reached out to Instagram. Um, but I mean, obviously their platform kind of helped shape and create my life. Yeah. So I could, I could just see like a commercial of like fucking, or even like a 10 minute movie of like 10 people. who's like, yeah, Instagram changed my fucking life. Well, like you said, I mean, you weren't looking to do anything. There was just something that happened to be like an untapped you know, thing that people that nobody's ever done before, but you weren't. That's the beauty of it. I think something can be created that you didn't even realize you were creating. Yeah, I mean, I remember doing this shtick. Like, what my shtick was was literally like, I have a good, good, I guess, like sports announcer. I was gonna say, did you always (laughs) know you have a great voice? I think the best. I I think in high school uh, is my earliest memory of having it. I think like I I started doing this like talking like a broadcaster, and then I just kind of kept trying to improve on the, my voice and stuff like that. But I always used to, I'm telling you, I was nuts. Like even when, when I came out here to be an actor comedian, I would never, I didn't go to one audition, one stand-up thing. Cause I had a lot of fear. I just had a lot of fear to mm-hmm. do yeah, anything. Yeah. Like I just couldn't go on stage. Like I literally would sign up for open mics. I'd be sitting there and then my name would get closer and I'd just be like, I'm out of here. Peace. Oh, I yeah. can imagine. And just That's be able to fuck seems up. like the scariest thing to me. I say it all the time. Stand-up yeah. shit. So like, but now like obviously with this stuff, like you get used to it, you know, I, I just kept doing as much as things I can, forcing myself to do things. And now kind of the fear is kind of gone away because you know my confidence has kind of gone up a little bit so yeah that kind of makes up for it so yeah do you feel like the because i know you're doing 60 days sober right Mm -hmm. do you feel like the fear comes back a little more when you're like oh shit i have to do everything sober i'll tell you what doing the 60 day sober thing has been the best thing i've ever done in my life like i mean first of all i've been so effective over these uh, you know i think it's day 19 um right now but I just have a lot in the line and I angled this bet mm. to, you know, I did, I get, first of all, if I do six days sober, I get to, it's $50,000 for St. Jude's charity. Um, kids oh, with ch- wow. Children's Research with Cancer. Yeah. I great. get, Michael Rubin's got to pay a, a house at Coachella, which might be canceled now because of the coronavirus, uh, for $20,000 a night. Christian McCaffrey, the Panthers, has to name drop me in six interviews in the Stop, NFL. Stop, that's so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he has to, he has to in six interviews in the NFL season has to like subtly drop me in. So he has to be like, you know, rough game today, obviously. Like, uh, you know, we tried our best, just couldn't get it done. Uh, Bob Mentor, he's a man. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, like, so I, I set so this up good. like big. Did you, where the, did you, did you um, set all these up? Like, did oh, you, yeah. oh, this is so I, I, I needed to make the incentive really I big for it. me. And I, I knew that if I made it big enough, I wouldn't fail. Yeah. And the big one is the kids with cancer thing because like, yeah. A, it's going to be a great thing, but B, I look like a fucking asshole. If I drink now, I, I, the kids, they're, you know, yeah. St. Jude's gets fucked. So yeah. I'm not going to allow that to happen. When's the last time you did 60 days sober? I've never done 60 days sober. So since from the time you had your first drink or whatever? Um, I've done 30. I had a 30 day challenge and I made it 29 days and four hours. Oh, and what happened? We, I thought the plane was crashing. I thought our plane was crashing. So I was freaking out. We were hitting turbulence. I wasn't a good flyer at the time. And so I ordered a couple cocktails last minute. I pushed out. It was sucks. Does that have something? To, I wonder. Like you weren't a good flyer for a long time. When you got sober, you got better, or no? No, no. I was always you, taking Xanax to fly, and then just like two years ago, probably I took my last Xanax, and I was like, I don't want to do it anymore because it would fuck me up for days after. And um, Xanax is like, I'll fly the plane. Yeah, like, but I'm saying you're know, a like, better flyer now that you're sober. Like uh, you don't freak out no, as No, I, I think I'm just better at managing my anxiety now that I'm sober, no matter what it is. Uh, so I have the same feeling going into it and leading up to it, but I just know, like when you're, you know, I, I didn't spend 24 hours sober for, I don't know, from the time I was 16 till I was fucking 30 or whatever. And uh, when you're like that, it's just everything is so, like you don't trust yourself to deal with things. It's just a fucking, it's such a mind fucking, it's so crazy. 
Where now I'm like, okay, I know if I freak out, here's what I can do. You know, mm-hmm. I run through the fucking things. I've, I figured out, I've read about when you're flying on how to fucking, you know, it's like you want to you want to feel the seat under your ass. It's like, that's what you want to think because it's real. It's really there. And you know, okay, I could feel that. Okay, you feel, and you start to just like talk to yourself. There's all these little things that I do to like calm down. Where when I was fucked up, I never looked into stuff because I knew how to treat it. Right. When you, when you were, when you were fucked up though, you were, so you'd say you're more nervous to fly if you were fucked up or if you were sober. Um, it, it's, it's the same. I just deal with everything better now that I'm sober. Like no matter what it is, like before, like I, you know, I've said this before to Jamie, but like when I was going through life, um, partying and everything, it was like going through life in a car, like on a highway where like, oh, there's a really bad fucking accident. And you're just kind of like, you go by it. And then all of a sudden it's, what's the next thing? What's the next? So what are you going to see now? We're like sober. It's like, you're walking. And everything is like, okay, you really have to fucking deal with this. So you learn how to deal with things better because mm-hmm. you have to. Otherwise, you're just going to fucking lose your mind. So it's yeah. like all the shit that I've had to do. I haven't uh, – my birthday was like seven years-ish that I haven't been fucking, you know, did any hardcore stuff. And um, you just – you have to learn how to deal with things better. Otherwise, you're just going to fucking fall apart or or fucking relapse. go back. Yeah, relapse or, or whatever it is. So – when for the 28 years of my life before that, I never figured out like, okay, when things are going wrong, how do I deal with it? Because the answer was always in my pocket. You mm-hmm. know, it was like, I just fucking will drink or I'll just, so it's like, and then when I was doing a lot of Coke back in the day, it was like going through life in a plane. Like you're just, it's just like, like, you're just like, ha like right, what, right, you're right. like, what even is that? <laughs> like, you know, you're like, everything is just a fucking blur yeah. and, and nothing no, and then the same like painkillers is like you're sitting in a fucking movie theater and everything is dark and you think you're watching a movie mm-hmm. you know like it was I never like, fucked with those things I couldn't the painkillers oh, no I, was I did I did, I did dabble back in the day uh, in the uh, thing that you just talked about but that <laughs> is uh, in the past don't tell Apple thank god oh, <laughs> yeah don't tell Buffalo Wild Wings either so yeah. it's all yeah it's all like you know uh, I just I always gravitated towards those kids you know where it was like oh the fucking weed and the mushrooms and the acid and the this and i was like 15 and i had done all that you know and it was yeah. like yeah and i fucking liked all of it i had never i've never done the uh the i'm too paranoid and i still because the drugs are totally in the past for me um but i haven't done i was too afraid to do mushrooms because i've heard some like horror stories first my the first time my husband did it right. or the originally the only time he did it he had like a whole eighth and like saw creed like he his arm wasn't his all that kind of stuff i think that they're made better now and like you can dose it better like they're made in chocolate form for me anytime i've done it it felt like more of like a therapeutic thing like it was fun and like and it was like an enjoyable experience but it also felt like there was like a lot of like growth that would come from it like it drugs for me were never recreational it was more like i just never did drugs growing up i didn't smoke weed until i was 34 years old right and I was never been a drinker. Um, That's a random age to start smoking weed. My son was two years old, and okay. I was like, I need a vice. Cool. <laughs> yeah. That's what everybody does a- on their son's second birthday, yeah. right? right? You just start fucking. Just light up a blunt. Happy <laughs> birthday, kid. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. So, but I think, don't you have to be in, aren't mushrooms like you can have that thing that's called a bad trip? Yeah, oh, for, sure. for sure. Fuck that. I don't want fucking I've demons coming that. out of closets no, or anything I've like ne- that. I've I, never seen yeah. things on them. Oh, I, the I've first time I ever did it, I took two eights and it was my birthday. So like everybody was there to see you. So that amps it up oh. even more. And like everyone's hugging you and fucking chew. What, so the first time we ever did mushrooms, there was 
20 of us, something like that, in my friend's apartment. And I went to Jersey to get them with my friend. We did like such shady shit to get these because shrooms were hard to get in New York where everything else, like pills, everything you could get wherever. So my friend, we're all sitting around the living room and my friend is sitting there. I'll never forget. And he fucking has a drink like this in his hand and he has like this and he goes, and nobody's tripping by the way. We're all like, are these fake? It's like 45 minutes. He goes like this. He pours out his entire drink on the floor and he looks up, he goes, is this what shrooms are like? And we all started laughing so hysterically that when everyone stopped laughing, everyone in the room was tripping. Yeah. And we were all like, holy shit. And for the next like four or five hours, it was just nonstop laughing, giggling, fucking, you know, we're just smoking cigarettes, smoking weed. And everybody has like an aura about them. So there's like this like orange Mm. thing going on. And it's just everything is, it's kind of like with most drugs. And what the great thing is like, the ego just totally goes away. Like you, you can't even imagine. That's why it's so what addicting. Do mean, what do you mean? You get more confident? No, no, no. no it's you, like your ego is like what I say is like that narrator in your head, right? Like that that's talking while we're sitting here. Whatever you're going through, your you know narration of how you're seeing life, and right. like, did I say that wrong? Or I shouldn't have said that. Like the thing that's talking while we're talking, that's gone. And so that's why it's so addicting. I think drugs because it's just like you're you're present. Right. You're fully here, present, and you get to like look at somebody and fully enjoy them for who they are without judgment, and you're happy, and you're you're. It's an elevated experience that I you can find through other things like Rob and I talk about, like meditation and stuff, where it can give you that same. You high. guys meditate. Every not day. like Rob. Are you serious? Not like Rob. I can't yeah. fucking do it. I can't picture myself sitting there. Do you ever do guided? Like just no, with an no, app? But that's no, the no, thing. No. I work like, 24 hours a day on my cell phone like a psycho and I never meditate. When when people say they can't meditate, those are the people who need meditation. If you could I, just I, sit I'm there, well aware that I need meditation. Yeah, Trust yeah. me. I fucking need medita- meditation 100%. You could just do five minutes. But that would be like if you Rob said, I, I can't, if you were like, I can't sleep. You know, it's like, well, no, you you can, you do it a bit. Like, you know, there's times where it's like, man, I feel like I can't fucking sleep time. I have so much on my mind that eventually you fall asleep. This is the same thing. It's like, mm-hmm. maybe you could do 60 seconds now and you do two minutes. Ten, like, what do you the, do? You the, sit there with like your legs crossed and do this thing? No, no, no. Sometimes like I did it in the Uber today because we were fucking running late and shit. You could do it anywhere. It's Was not, the Uber driver like, what the fuck are you doing back there while you were meditating? You probably <laughs> press the don't talk button, do you? No, I can't. I can't do that. I, I, uh, I always like putting my buddies in the Uber. Like if I order them one and I always like put like, please talk a lot. <laughs> and then I put like, I'm like steam them out. I like turn the temperature up because they have that option now. Oh so God, I'm just like warm. You. But I always tell them like, I'll send a side message. I'll be like, I don't want it warm. I want it really fucking hot That's in there. So I'm yeah. really weird. Yeah. And I'll be like, keep talking to me. Even though if I don't seem like I want to talk, Keep talk talking. to me. You know what? You know what the the thing is basically when you like with the ego going away with drugs and stuff. It's like if you watch a two year old and like his diaper and his fucking belly's hanging out and he's just looking around and he's doing whatever he wants. He's not doing. He's not judging himself. What society? It's like oh, I want to fucking pick my nose right now and you pick it and you don't judge anyone for doing what they do. It's just kind of like we're all existing instead of being like. Oh, you know, in my childhood, you learned that this makes something a bad person and this makes something a good person. This, Oh, he's wearing those fucking se- like you could never be on drugs and be like, that guy's wearing fucking ten dollar sneakers. Right. Like that doesn't exist. Not because of anything except for it doesn't exist. It right. just completely goes away. It's like whatever society shit that is put out there and that we put on each other and that that like even if you were fucking if you went to you know uh santa monica and you were an hour late you'd still be like hey man it's okay like life is life is life is gonna go on Aaron, did i say that to you (laughs) 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 you know life is gonna go on in two weeks from now we'll forget it just puts like 
everything that feels important that's not it kind of pushes yeah. it to the side right you but guys I love important, you yeah. it is hey, this is my fault pick up go kid. this is no, my fault you continue this let's get I'm some sorry, pictures I lo- yeah yeah hold on I want to get a alright so Jamie had to go guys she has kids and a real life and responsibilities and we only care about ourselves that's it we're selfish human beings uh, Robin it's good to have you here <laughs> actually I'm sorry the other way around I'm so used to doing my thing <laughs> so <laughs> we uh, so the the thing I wanted to ask you is how when you decided to do a podcast how because the night that we met I thought you were going to kill your co-host the co-host of your show yeah you wanted to basically it was kind of the same energy that you have on, on your assistant right now but it worse yeah I'm a nice guy by the way first of all he is a very guy. nice guy but, I, I wanted to kill Timmy first of all I wanted to kill Timmy because we had Ryan Lochte in and Ryan Lochte was a uh, this Olympic swimmer who got in a little bit of trouble in Brazil for that incident I think vandalizing or peeing on remember that story yeah 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 He and he got like a lot of shit for it so it kind of went away now he's going in to compete for the Tokyo games and whatnot so I wanted to have him on the show so I spent like hours talking to his agent trying to convince him he was in he was out he was in he was out i was going back and forth with this fucking agent and i'm stressing to the, the agent that this, we run a very professional fucking podcast that you know you come in and we make people look better we don't want anybody to ever leave the room and 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 like for a story just get something out to make them look bad anybody that comes to the room it's a safe place that's what we like to try and do and i think that like you try and do as well probably yeah, yeah. um so i was stressed forever how it's going to be a professional environment blah, blah blah well the problem was we had our fucking episode on a Sunday and uh, that's Sunday football and my co-host Timmy Bounceback loves to drink like and I'm telling you like turns in starts off you'll never like nicest guy in the world and then cut to like eight hours later drinking drinking all day zapped out of his mind (laughs) turns into fucking Twister 2 the movie running around uh, Hollywood so we bring him in Uh, fucked up out of control bring him into our podcast studio I'm like oh my god he's hammered but I still have to pull this off because I told Ryan so I'm kind of coaching Timmy while he's hammered which is impossible to do I tell Kevin Conley who is producing our show hey don't have anybody in the studio let's keep it like low key Tim's fucked up and I gotta keep it whatever I walk in, there's fucking Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire, sitting right there. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Timmy ends up going over to him, being like, hey, do you use your spidey senses playing poker? Like, all fucked up, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Ryan comes in. Timmy was hammered on the air, so I vetted a little bit. On, I, I, I kind of was upset about it, but now he's doing a good job. He's sober again. That's good. Yeah, because when, <laughs> when I saw him, he had that... Um, that blind person look in his eyes where he, you, you know, where you're because you were trying, I think we were at a dinner and he was bothering uh, Robert Kraft. Yes. A little bit. And you were fucking, but you were like, you, you, but, and it, but it wasn't you being a bad guy. You're, you're a very nice guy, but you just had to tell him like, chill. Yeah. It was you a know? very important dinner. Obviously, Michael Rubin was there, Meek Mill, Kraft, you, f- fucking the guy from Snapchat. Like, it was just an important dinner. And I texted Timmy before. I said, are you drunk? He said, no. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> here he comes. Like, it was almost like slow motion when I saw him. Because I yeah, know when he comes yeah. into an environment and he's hammered, you can't get him out. So what he does, he walks in and I see it. I look over and I'm like, fuck. I he had that look in his eyes, came up, and then ten minutes later, he had Robert Kraft in a headlock. So yeah, uh, I know, and I know that feeling of seeing people show up drunk, but I also know the feeling of waking up the next day and being like, oh my god, somebody asked me if I was drunk, and I said no, and I went to that thing, and I feel horrible. Yeah, and luckily, like Sopranos would give me a little leeway because people wouldn't be like who's this fucking drunk asshole showing up because it would be more like oh yeah he was on sopranos and then like 50 percent of the people would be like oh okay like you know and just kind of like let it slide right where like nobody's uh, telling you what to do 
Yeah, they're not like, like, or they would. They'd be like, who's this fucking asshole? Or somebody would invite me to like, uh, you know, an after hours at 4 a.m. where even I was too drunk for the after hours, you know? Right. And, they, and they'd be like, man, get this guy out of here. And somebody would be like, look, he was on Sopranos. And they're like, okay. Yeah, you know? exactly. Just like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's fine. Yeah, you find that 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 when you start to have a little bit of success, people aren't like, they, they wouldn't, there's not everybody that's going to pull you aside because they think whatever you're dealing with inside or whatever problems you might have, they're not going to pull you aside because they think you're in a spot where you are because you were like successful with the show is great and fucking whatever, but nobody's going to, I don't think come up to you and be like, Hey man, like you're getting out of control because you already are doing something that's, great and so they're not going to really see that problem but obviously me and you both know there was a fucking problem there for both of us oh big time yeah yeah but it it, was, i'll tell you what it was fun for a little bit there was fun times of it amazing but never looking back never going back there again learned my lesson you know i always say my dad gave me the best advice ever he said look you're going to make mistakes in life it's going to fucking happen what's the next best thing you can do that's it so you're going to make a mistake what's the next right thing to do yeah whether it be fucking making your bed whether it be for anything, you know, what's the next right thing? So I've always lived by that. So if I make a mistake, I'll be like, fuck, and I'll get mad. But I'll be like, you know what? What's the next right thing I can do? Yeah, that's why you're like, oh, I'm an hour and a half late. And you're like, I'm going to make up for it. Yeah, well, it's now still, I'm like sending in, now I'm going to be sending in uh, all my <laughs> celebrity uh, uh, athlete friends in here for you. And I, when I make a mistake, for, like when I fuck somebody over, I go like above and above and above and beyond yeah, for them. So this is going to end up uh, working in your favor. <laughs> oh, I'm uh, happy you were late. Like I said, you're Thanks, gonna, bro. your site's going to crash from all the fucking 16-year-old fucking uh, Ripper Magoo fans. When you when you check your fucking assistance Venmo and you see a bunch of money for me, it's from something else. Perfect. Don't, uh, don't Perfect. worry about that. Love of it um what did I, what did I just, oh what's so have you obviously you have buffalo wild wings you have great things going on what's like the worst fucking job offer you ever got where you were like are these is this for real um that is a good question what is the worst job offer i've ever gotten um god off the top of my head fuck any insane request or i mean oh the, the, the funny the, yeah this is pretty funny is you know i did these things to kind of in the beginning i didn't want to take a lot of like brand deals and stuff like that because i just felt like it was like i don't know it just i i wanted to hold out and kind of just wait you know to do stuff so i what i do to make money was i created these ability for what i do create custom videos over people's personal videos that they have yeah so yeah. like i've gotten some requests to commentate some pretty insane things because i had a feature on my site i can't really do anymore because i'm getting a little like fucking busier because but you know it was good income when i was doing it you know sure. i charged like 150 bucks 200 bucks and i would do custom videos for people and some of the ones that i got sent to me <laughs> were fucking i mean i had people like send me videos of them fucking um yeah that's which what went through my head. and i went through with it and i did no just kidding yeah. um and you know people like literally like doing drugs like the crazy shit so that was probably the craziest stuff i ever got was some of the custom video requests that were sent to me the uh i was actually yesterday i was walking down the street and there was a guy who you know on a busy street at noon was standing there with a bic razor shaving his head on the fucking street in the middle of no and like not like i stopped for a second to do one thing he was doing a full self head shave on the corner and he didn't look homeless mm -hmm. and i was like i want to video this so bad for you to fucking <laughs> announce it it's like what like there's people walking by with the look of like because there's the people who are like like me who have been, lived in cities like new york where you're like yeah it's another fucking loon and then you have people who have never seen anything like this yeah. walking by where they're like like they're just so fucking thrown and like the people's reactions are just as good as the fucking guy standing there with a big razor 
in the middle of a busy street shaving his head bald. Get me that footage now. Dude, <laughs> I wanted to do it so bad, but the one thing I was like, I know one thing about this guy. He's crazy enough to, two things. He's crazy enough to shave his head in the street and he's holding a razor blade. Yeah, you're going to get, yeah, you'll get snapped. Yeah, so, so I decided, I was like, you know what? I just got to fucking let this one go and whatever. But man, it was so great. And he was like, he wasn't doing it in a crazy way of like a manic, like dude, like he was very like feeling for like spots and like getting them again. I was like, wow, this guy's like, it was it was super interesting to watch. I, uh, I yeah, the, 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 like I said, the, some of the videos that you get from people that send in stuff is fucking. That would be like a nothing compared. That I, I, that was a video I would do. If somebody sent me the video of shaving the head razor thing, I would do that one. I would take that. Who's the Who's the person who you wanna you wanna meet through this? Who you haven't yet? I think Tom Hanks would be a very cool guy. Tom Hanks, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. I would love to have on my podcast. He doesn't do any of that stuff. But I'm always trying to find an angle way to make it happen. But Hanks would probably be a guy that I'm Obama too. Not saying any of my political affiliation, obviously in the either thing. But I think Obama is a very interesting guy. And uh, would you have Trump on? Um, the reason why I wouldn't have Trump on is because what I think it does when you involve politics in anything, it just divides your audience. And regardless of um, you know my political beliefs, which are I like I said. I mean, I try and stay as much involved as I can in the elections and all that stuff. But um, you know, it's just a very tricky little time where time, you can't yeah. really even if you side with even if you're dead right and you side with somebody, bring up it's just not worth it. You're going to get bashed from one side. So what I try and do, and I just play a neutral playing ground. You know, um, that's just I'm not in politics. That's not my goal. My goal is to try and make people laugh online and bring joy to their fucking everyday lives through being an idiot. So who did you want to meet that you have met? Like, who was the guy where you were like, that's it? Well, DiCaprio was the guy I've always wanted to meet. And I don't get starstruck, really. Um, but I got starstruck when I met DiCaprio because I was at Michael Rubin's party in New York and there was about 150 people there. It was like a who's who of the party. I don't know what the fuck I did belonging there. I mean, I was just a friend of Michael. But when I tell you, like Gucci Mane, Meek Mill, Robert Kraft, Leonardo DiCaprio, like it was a fucking stack yeah, yeah. with people there. So I was just walking. I had a couple drinks. I was with Saquon Barkley. We were having some drinks, partying, whatever. And so I go up and I go to the bathroom. And I'm telling you, I was the most diehard Leo fan on planet Earth. Like, I just love Leonardo DiCaprio. I think he's a fucking amazing actor, blah, blah, So I'm going to the bathroom. I walk over, and I'm walking beeline of the bathroom, and I walk, and I do a, kind of one take to the right. In my head, I go, holy fuck, that's Leonardo DiCaprio. Be cool. And then, boom, double take, and I just attacked him. And it was like, <laughs> oh, my God, Leo, I'm the biggest fan. I used to watch your videos, like, growing up for motivation. I'm a, and, and the thing was, he had to be so nice to me, I think, because he didn't know if I was like Michael Rubin's like retarded cousin or something like <laughs> right. and like he didn't know like he was just because it was like a who's who of the party yeah yeah and yeah. Uh, so he was just really kind and he was like oh thanks so much and all this blah 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 and then I just was like looked at him and there was like five seconds of silence and I was like alright man see ya and then just went to the bathroom <laughs> and like it was the whole party now just like people were talking to me I was just like looking over my shoulder at Leonardo the whole time like fascinated yeah so DiCaprio yeah I had uh met tom hanks once oh you're so lucky he said something he gave me a very nice compliment which i can't even repeat because it's just so i know he was lying there's no way you know like i just know like wow this guy's so nice what do you say you're a better actor than me no 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 <laughs> then we i want to let on. you know rob you're a better actor than <laughs> yeah, i am here i watch you for i watch your videos for inspiration <laughs> no no he was just like you know i love your worry like some shit like that and i'm like this guy doesn't know you know like i was just we were at like he knew it's a problem it no, a fucking no, no, huge no. show no we were just at like the emmys so he knew like i was somebody i think and he wanted to say something nice but i was like that's one of those moments where i'm like what 
Like, yeah, you're all right, too. Like, you know, yeah. like, what am I supposed to fuck? I'm just like, dude, you're th- not only are you the greatest, but then it's also like you could just tell like the way he was and his energy was like, you seem like the nicest fucking guy. What's your favorite movie that he's done? You think tanks? Ooh. And I think mine would be I mean, the, the one with uh, him and DiCaprio. Catch me if you can. That's a good one. I just think like what he d- uh, what really sticks with me with movies is when you can watch a movie now or fucking 40 years from now and you're like, yep, like it didn't skip a fucking beat. And Forrest Gump yeah, for me is just so fucking good. It's crazy. I mean, I don't even understand. I mean, like I said, I tried to do the acting stuff and whatnot and just didn't have any success at all. But is it like, and you might know better than I do, are, the, are these guys like really like losing? Like are they, when they're done shooting, do they go home as the person? There's there's totally different people. You know, there's people who do that. There's people who want you to call them their character's name during the day when you're the, and like, listen, I wasn't a good enough actor to do any of that. So I couldn't be like, hey, call me AJ. You know, <laughs> fucking punch me in the face. But, but the, uh, there definitely were, you know, there was a scene in Sopranos where like I had to commit suicide. And that was a day where like I didn't show up in the same kind of like, you know, maybe like jokey fucking push, like whatever it is. You know, like if you're messing with the fucking, the camera guys and you're joking around and laughing and like, it was a day, it was in January it was in New Jersey. People were always like, oh, you shot that on a studio somewhere? I'm like, no, I had to fuck it. Because in the scene, I tie a bag around my head yeah, with I a rubber it. band. I tie a cinder block to my foot. I throw that in the pool, and then I jump in the pool to commit suicide. And it was fucking January in Jersey. It was like eight degrees outside. So when they're like, how were you? So I'm like, I, was, I wasn't looking forward to do any of this stuff. So I was, you know, I was already there, but... The director was like playing this really like dreary emotional music all day. And that was one of those like I am at, you know, there were a lot of scenes for me where I just fucking walked in. I grabbed something out of the fridge. I made some douchebag comment and walked out. So it's like I'm not going to show up that day like like I'm preparing for my role and like all this shit. But I could see someone like, you know. Daniel Day Lewis or something like that. If you have to sustain it over a course of a fucking yeah, like if you're playing the fucking Joker, it's like I understand if you're not you know sitting around with just a fucking coffee and and reading the fucking comics and the newspaper if they even have those anymore or like whatever whatever light heart like you might I could understand staying in that kind of vibe and and that but then there's actors who don't need to do that shit at all. There's actors who five minutes, you know, five seconds before the camera goes, they're fucking making faces at the camera and fucking around. And there's, there's all different types. And it's, it's actually cool to see it all. You know, it was a great show that just got, reminded me of, remember inside the actor's studio? Oh yeah. Dude, that was, cla- where the fuck did that go? Yeah. I mean, that guy, I feel like he was 90 when it started. So <laughs> they got to bring it back. They got to bring it back somehow. I don't know that. Yeah. They should bring it back uh, with somebody you know, same setting, same kind of theme with the music and everything like that. And if they need to get obviously a new host, uh, you know, bro, look at I'm putting it out there. I'm available. Yeah, this Very is available. inside the bad actor studio. Ask me whatever you want. I, Go I, ahead. I, I, of us. Well, this is the thing I plan because you're coming on my thing later. So I've got a boatload of shit to talk to you about that. I'm very excited about because uh, we had, I know we met through Mark Birnbaum and he kind of told me real quickly about your story. And obviously I watched Sopranos um, and was a fan of the show. And uh, so I'm excited to have a little one on one little talk with you uh, about about some stuff because I think we share a lot of similar views on life and I think that we both have a history of stuff that we've overcame and for the better you know yeah so the so back to cool people you've met mm-hmm. tell uh tell everyone what happened with you and Steph Curry 
Oh, Steph Curry. I played him in golf at Riviera Country Club, and I'm always liking. I like to gamble. So, how did you first meet Steph Curry? Oh, the DMs. Come on, I, my, nice. that, that, the DMs. I was like, a, I was like a Instagram model, like DMing all these fucking guys. I was psycho. So I don't know. And I think that a lot of these guys too. Look, my brother-in-law once said to me, he's like, dude, there's going to be a moment. I remember we were in the kitchen in Boston. He said, there's going to be a moment where one day maybe that these guys are going to finish their games and they're going to go back to the locker room and be like, hey, I, I hope Bob did a clip on me or. Bob, I hope he didn't make me the fucking shitbag titty fuck. I'm like, there's no fucking way it's ever going to happen. It's not going to happen. And it's kind of happened a little bit, and it's pretty cool. So Steph Curry, you know, just talked to him, set up a golf game um, with him. It was me, him, Brian Zurif, and this Saudi Prince uh, guy. It was a random group. Went out, play. We set the stakes. 30 days of wearing his jersey if I had lost. 30 straight days. Couldn't take it off. And what did he have to do if he lost? He had to implement my name in six interviews throughout the season. You know me. I'm fucking it. crafty. I'm trying to get everywhere. I'm trying to love infiltrate it. the leagues. <laughs> so, because um, certain leagues don't like me, and the, what gives me the best, you know, thrill is when one of their biggest players endorses me. And then they're like, all right, what the fuck is going on here? What's Bobby yeah. doing? But anyways, yeah, so ended up losing on the 18th hole. And when I tell you I didn't take that fucking jersey off for 30 days, it was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And Bye. it was like if you got caught without it, I'm a fraud. Without wearing it, what happened? What was the repercussion? I'd have to cut my right leg off. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I, the I, left I, one I couldn't live without, but the right <laughs> one kind of gets in the way. Uh, no, I, I, if I, I just, if I get caught, I would just be a fraud. Right, right, right. So I, the first five days were fucking awesome. Like I had the jersey on. I was walking around town like I was the man, like feeling good. Like I just lost a bet to Steph Curry. Like, could you imagine if you made it to 29 days and four hours, like? you did with the fucking drinking thing and then something just happened where like you thought the plane was going down so you had to take your shirt I off. I just ripped I had to like yeah create like a t- tourniquet or something <laughs> yeah, for somebody, somebody to like their arm. yeah that would be the worst uh, but anyways yeah the first five days were like fucking great and then by day 15 I was thinking about doing the scene from Sopranos that you did right. committing suicide <laughs> because it was fucking literally impossible I would have like a meeting at like Elefante or something in Santa Monica and I'd like walk in they'd be like sir 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 where are you going I'm like, uh, I have a meeting upstairs. And they're like, yeah, unfortunately, we don't allow sports memorabilia. I ran into so much sports memorabilia stuff uh. in a restaurant. And I was like, oh. They're like, yeah, but the undershirt you have under, underneath is fine. You can wear the undershirt. And I'm like, no, but I, I can't. And then I'm like, they're like, what are you talking about? I get in this debate all the time with people. And they're like, I'm like, well, I lost a bet to Steph Curry in this thing. They're like, yeah, okay, kid. Okay, keep walking. <laughs> right. They're like, get this crackhead out of here. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I ended up doing it for 30 days. Aren't uh, you that guy who bothered Leonardo DiCaprio? Yeah, exactly. Like, this guy's getting Beat fucking it. old fast. Get <laughs> out of here, son. You. Hit the fucking road. But that was, that was probably the, uh, after, it was really, really, really hard. It was the hardest prop bet that I ever lost. And I actually want to talk to you about fucking playing you in poker because I heard you're a poker player. I, uh, so yeah, what, one of the things I did was, I went to Vegas for two weeks uh, on my own and I ended up coming home like a year and a half or over a year later because I just couldn't leave. I was just fucking partying and playing poker and a year and a half went by like it was fucking nothing. What's your longest session? I don't know. Over 30 hours for sure. Um, In one sitting? Maybe four. Yeah. Yeah. Over over 30 for sure. Yeah. Of just sitting there playing nonstop. What was your game? Uh, just hold them, no limit hold them. I fucking loved it. And when I used to play online, ten twenty though. Uh, no, no, no. Like if I was if I was feeling myself, I'd be playing five ten, but usually two five. The like, drugs kicked in ten twenty. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the um the the two five game at the win is a bigger game and it's really good. It's like a fifteen hundred dollar buy in, and it's just it used to be fucking amazing. Now poker's poker's gotten to a place where like the average player is so much better because of all the shit available on YouTube and all this stuff. So it's not as uh 
easy as it used to be to to make money i'm sure actually it is in california <laughs> but. well the internet players were taking over when the internet thing was booming like poker stars full tilt and then obviously they had that little scandal with full tilt and whatnot but when poker stars was out the sunday millions were the best tournaments the 215 buy-ins did you ever play in those things oh yeah yeah they were the Non-stop. best remember full river tilt? loser River Loser? River Loser no. like the best player in Poker Stars. No, no. Yeah, I mean, it was nuts. During high school to like 25, we were like heavy multi-tabling nine tables a day. I was playing nine tables at once. You still play ever? Uh, I mean, there's no way to play, really. I mean, you can play on an offshore site or something, but it's not like it's sketchy. And you never go to casinos? Like, I can't out play here. live. I don't have the patience. Yeah, see, I love to play live because people don't have the patience. Right. So but like, I used to be great at playing live because I would take fucking 15 Percocets mm-hmm. and I could sit there for three days and, and not even move, you yeah. know? Like people were like, oh, he has a poker face on. I'm like, no, it's a Percocet face. You right. know? I just I have no like my 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 I have no facial expressions because I've been up for you know three days and I'm high out of my mind. Right. But, uh, but yeah, now I find it a lot harder to sit at a table for more than like five or six hours without moving. Right. Yeah. It's just it's it was fun. Like for me, I just need constant action. So like I need I, I needed that like you know and there was there's nothing better. I used to have like two cash games in the top left, the three tournaments going. It was you know there's nothing better than when you reach the final table. Like I reached the final table a couple times and they changed the the uh, uh, the background the, to the like felt. the felt. Yeah, yeah. And it yeah. was just like let's it was go. like people with cameras. It was like on full tilt. It was people like taking pictures of you. Like oh you made it. And then everybody that was like on the bubble and stuff, the good players would take advantage by just shoving fucking yeah. over the top. Oh, you have you know? to. I. I, I got really deep in a fucking the 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 thing that made me like I don't even want to fucking play poker anymore. There was a event this summer at the World Series of Poker where it was like I forget three thousand or something people, and there were like sixty people or forty people left. And I got all in for the chip lead. I flopped a set. We got it all in, and the guy flopped a flush, and it just fucking ran out nothing. And I was like, man, it was. I could still feel it when I talk about it. I'm like, that was my fucking, it feels like, you know, you're like, every time it's like, oh, that was my shot. That was you your know? lifetime bad beat. First place was a million dollars. Yeah. Fuck. And it was just like, yeah. But we'll end on a sad note like that. I'm a fucking loser, but thank you for coming. You're not a loser. You're a great guy. You're an amazing guy. And uh, let's fucking, uh, let's, we're going to pop this podcast up a little bit and you're going to pop mine up and we're going to have a fucking good, uh, good talking. We're also, I do want to play heads up though. I want to play one game. Yeah, whatever, whenever, wherever, whatever you want to do, you could make the. Uh, and we'll we find f- out a prop bet, me and you. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it. we'll figure it out on the, on the next on the next podcast. Like you have to say. like you have to like maybe be like AJ Soprano for like two days with me or something like that and be in character. <laughs> that's pretty close to me. You just yeah, be no, calling me AJ. It's not that far off. Yeah, you that's know? true. All right, we'll figure something out. Yeah, I just have to be a little bit more of a loser than I already. I already Were you a loser a in the show? Days. Yeah, yeah. He was like a pussy and a pansy and you always like this one girl actually wrote into this show about dating me and uh one of the lines she put was, It's okay that you were a little bitch on Sopranos, I still want to date you. Well, all right, take this as a compliment then. Yeah. Sounds horrific, but she's a sweetheart. Yeah, she starts off, you know, starts off with a dig and then definitely got your attention, I bet, right? Who knows? Oh yeah, for sure. We've read it on the show. Any girl that messaged me gets my attention. <laughs> Any girl. Thank you for coming. You're the best, dude. I it, appreciate uh, it so much. It means a lot.